Are you aware of the fact that one of the greatest challenges to Christianity in the world today is humanism? It is eroding Christianity both from within and without. What is humanism? How can you recognize it? How should Christians respond to it? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Over the past few weeks, we have been sharing with you some excerpts from the presentations that were made at our 2011 Bible Conference, whose theme was Christianity Under Attack. We have thus far considered the challenge of Islam, the challenge of government, the challenge of apostasy, and the challenge of evolution. In this program, we're going to focus on the challenge of humanism, and our speaker is going to be Dr. Ron Rhodes, the founder and director of a ministry called Reasoning from the Scriptures. Thank you. Is anybody here excited about Jesus? Yeah. All right. How about, uh, how about the Bible? Are you excited about the Bible? Anybody here standing on the promises of God? You guys are a bunch of fanatics. Just my kind of people. You know, some people are talking about turning your cell phones off. Well, I have a good friend who was doing a, a live television show about the resurrection, and guess what happened? His cell phone went off right in the middle of the live TV show. But you know what the ringtone was? Mission Impossible. <laughs> Lord has a sense of humor. I could picture Jesus turning to the Father and said, Watch this, this is going to be good. <laughs> but today, I'm going to talk about something a little more serious, which is the challenge of humanism and atheism. And uh, I got to tell you, I do believe that Christianity is in the crosshairs today. Today, Christianity is under attack, and I believe that humanists and atheists are on the front lines. In fact, I can tell you that they seek to want to erase Christianity from our culture today. Uh, what are the targets? Well, the targets would include, for example, Christian holidays like Easter and Christmas, uh, nativity scenes. Uh, I know that you've seen lawsuits launched against businesses because they got a nativity scene out front. Christian morality is under attack. The Christian Bible is under attack. In fact, uh, humanists and atheists say that it's a vile book full of ethical barbarisms it's an ancient book written by superstitious men, and it wasn't even true back in biblical times. I mean, it's a false book. Uh, Christian crosses or crucifixes are under attack. And as well, Christians are under attack in terms of the influence that they want to express in schools and education and government and public policy and Hollywood and the government and media and much more. You see, the humanists want to marginalize Christians. They want to make Christians irrelevant in the current dialogue and debate. In the process, I believe that there have been many denials of Christian freedoms, uh, especially at the workplace. I'm thinking about a, a Christian apartment owner that I read about. And this Christian apartment owner was actually prosecuted for refusing to rent an apartment to an unmarried couple. Now, this person owned the apartment building, and this is a person of virtue. 
this Christian wanted to make sure that the people who lived in the apartment building had a clean life and were reasonably responsible people. But he was prosecuted because he refused to rent it to an unmarried couple. And let me just put it a little more strongly. He was prosecuted for not allowing a couple to go in there and commit fornication within the walls of the building that he himself owns. Christian freedoms are under attack. I'm thinking about the sixth grade elementary school girl who gave an oral report on the Bible. Now, you know, sixth graders can be excited about things, right? Uh, So she brought some extra copies of her book report. And any student who wanted it, she gave a copy out right after the classroom. Well, shortly after, a teacher barged in and escorted this young girl to the principal's office, and she was interrogated by school officials and denied the right to call her mother. Now, do you think that she's remembered that ever since that happened? And do you think she's going to remember that her entire life? I think that she is. My friends, it gets worse. I'm thinking about the six-year-old student I read about. And, the, you know, these six-year-old students were taught to bring about their, their favorite books for show and tell. Now, listen, they, they had show and tell back in my day. That was back in the days of Moses. <laughs> and I remember very clearly how excited we were to share the things that we brought to school. Well, here we have this little six-year-old student who brought the Bible because the Bible was the most important book to this child's family. And so he brought the Bible, and then he was told to take it home because it was against the law. You can't mix religion in the school system. Now, do you think that he's remembered that and will remember that for the rest of his life? I think so. I think so. This is a denial of Christian freedoms. I'm thinking about the graduating senior who had perfect grades, a 4.0 average, And yet she was denied the right to give an address to her graduation class. Why so? Well, because she had a sentence in her speech that gave credit to Jesus for bringing meaning into her life. Now, the religion of humanism, that's okay. Any other false religion, that's okay. But you've got to keep Jesus out of the picture. That bothers me. I also think about the church school run by a Christian preacher. And he was ordered to close it because the teachers in the school program did not have a state certification. This is not religious certification or spiritual certification or biblical certification. This is secular state certification. If you don't have our certification, we close you down. That's basically what happened. Well, this was a preacher with a conscience. He felt that he was doing the will of God in setting up this church school And after all, he just wanted to train his young people in Christian doctrine and Christian virtues. I mean, that's what we need, isn't it? And yet, the the society and the government officials came against them. In fact, during a prayer vigil for the school, the local sheriff and his deputies showed up and took them off to jail and then padlocked the church. You see, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the denial of Christian liberties. And I've got to tell you something. I think it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And I tell you what, the the middle ground is going to get smaller. You will either stand for Jesus Christ or you won't. Will you join me? Will you stand for Jesus Christ in the midst of the onslaught? Come out, unclean spirit. There we go. You know what's funny? As I was doing a message at one, one uh, church, and the whole PowerPoint thing went dead. And I said that, and it came back on. And everybody went, wow. 
He has power over the spirits. <laughs> anyway, Christianity is also being attacked in the media. I'm sure that you've seen the big screen and the small screen and how Christians are often made to look like imbeciles. Very often on news programs, you will find Christians referred to as the you know, religious right. And that is a term that implies that all of us Christians are intolerant, backwoods fanatics who don't use their brains. Meanwhile, the humanists are portrayed as these enlightened intellectuals. And of great relevance is the fact that humanism is indeed a religion. It is a religious system. In fact, back in 1961, it was declared a religion by the Supreme Court. And Julian Huxley predicted that humanism would be the ultimate religion of the world. Now, let me tell you why that bothers me. Since humanism permeates our public schools, and because humanism is a religion, it is fair to say that our public schools are institutions that indoctrinate our kids in false religion. Now, I want to be fair. We also have some great teachers that teach English and math and a lot of good stuff. I'm not belittling them or standing against them at all. But the fact is, we've got school systems that are teaching false religion. And guess who's paying for it? You and me. My dollars are being used in order to support a building that is built that has false religion within its walls. I don't know if that bothers you, but it bothers me. That's one of the reasons why we need to be involved in the political process and make sure that our voice is heard when decisions are made about school curriculum. Believe me, it can be done. Now, bottom line in what I've said so far is that Christianity indeed is in the crosshairs. And I again raise the question, will you stand with me? It is my prayer that you will. Now, what do humanists believe? What is this religion? What are some of the doctrines of this religion? Let's begin with the fact that it's anti-supernatural. In fact, one of the books that they've come out with is Humanist Manifesto 2, and it's one of the best summaries of, uh, of uh, this uh, doctrine of humanism. And listen to what they say. We find insufficient evidence for belief in the existence of a supernatural. It is either meaningless or irrelevant to the question of the survival and fulfillment of the human race. As non-theists, we begin with humans, not God, nature, not deity. Now, why is this beginning point so important? Well, if you begin on the premise of anti-supernaturalism, isn't that going to affect everything else? Isn't that going to set the stage for multiple denials of Christian doctrine? Well, it is. You see, the fact is, is this is foundational. Everything else proceeds from this. And keeping with that, there is no God, according to humanists. In fact, James Hitchcock says in his book, What is Secular Humanism? Groups like the American Humanist Association are not humanists, just in the sense that they have an interest in the humanities or that they value man over nature, in their self-definition, God does not exist. They promote a way of life that systematically excludes God and all religion in the traditional sense. Man, for better or worse, is on his own in the universe. He marks the highest point to which nature has yet evolved, and he must rely entirely on his own resources. And notice that phrase, way of life. You see, from the moment that they get up to the moment that they go to bed, humanism affects everything. The denial of God affects everything. It affects the, the words that they speak to other people. It affects their behavior. It affects their morality or lack thereof. It affects how they interact with the world. 
You see, their way of life is governed by the fact or by their claim that there is no God. Isaac Asimov is a good example, very popular writer and scientist, and he says this, Emotionally, I am an atheist. I don't have the evidence to prove that God doesn't exist, but I so strongly suspect he doesn't that I don't want to waste my time. Now, of course, Isaac Asimov is no longer an atheist. He is no longer an atheist. In fact, the moment that he died, he witnessed the utter collapse, the calamitous collapse, with utter clarity of humanistic atheism. And I suspect he wished he had taken more time. In any event, he goes on to say, the universe can be explained by evidence obtained from the universe alone. No supernatural agency need be called upon. In other words, evolution explains where we all came from. Now, of course, Carl Sagan is another individual that's already been mentioned in this conference. Carl Sagan uh, actually came out with a TV series, which was on PBS, and followed up with a book by the same name. And he said that the cosmos is all that is or ever was or ever will be. Where do you think he stole that phrase, by the way? At least part of it. it sounds kind of like the Christian doxology, doesn't it? That talks about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, who is and whoever was and whoever will be. It's almost like he's making the universe out to be God. But he indicates that there's no deity with whom we need to concern ourselves. Now, of course, Carl Sagan is no longer an atheist. You see, the moment that he died, he witnessed with utter clarity the calamitous collapse of humanistic atheism. And by the way, you know, it's a tragic thing, isn't it? I mean, God takes no delight in the death of the wicked, neither do I. God doesn't desire any to perish. But people have chosen the false religion of humanism. And I must tell you that if you go into eternity believing that religion, you go into a crisis eternity that lasts forever, you see. And that that is a horrible destiny. Uh, Even our kids are taught that there is no creator. Humanist Chris Brockman wrote a book called What About Gods? And I want you to listen to this. We no longer need gods to explain how things happen. By careful thinking, measuring, and testing, we have discovered many of the real causes of things. And we're discovering more all the time. We call this thinking. Now, what's the implication there? Well, the implication is that you and I don't think. Those creationists, those guys are a bunch of nincompoops. They don't use their brains. They check their brains at the door. They're holding on to old superstitions. But we think. Now we know the real cause of things. And the real cause of things is humanistic evolution. Of course, the philosophy behind all of it is naturalism, which says that all phenomena in the world can be explained in terms of natural causes and laws. Uh, Listen to how one modern science textbook puts it. Living creatures on earth are a direct product of the earth. There is every reason to believe that living things owe their origin entirely to certain physical and chemical properties of the ancient earth. Nothing supernatural appears to be involved. Only time and natural physical and chemical laws operating within the peculiarly suitable environment. So naturalism explains everything. Furthermore, there is no divine purpose for humanity. Listen to these words from the Humanist Manifesto 2. We can discover no divine purpose or providence for the human species. While there is much that we do not know, humans are responsible for what we are or will become. No deity will save us. We must save ourselves. 
We are all alone in this great big universe. No ultimate purpose whatsoever. And in keeping with this, Paul Kurtz, who is a very famous humanist, who wrote a book called uh, Forbidden Fruit, The Ethics of Humanism, put it this way. And I want you to notice the terms, the derogatory terms that he uses to describe the Christian belief. The theist world is only a dream world. It is a feeble escape into a future that will never come. And then he goes on. Promises of immortal salvation or fear of eternal damnation are both illusory and harmful. They distract humans from present concerns, from self-actualization, and from rectifying social injustices. There is no credible evidence that life survives the death of the body. We continue to exist in our progeny and in the way that our lives have influenced others in our culture. Now notice how this concern about eternal damnation is said to interfere with self-actualization. I almost find that comical. Yeah, you know the idea that there is a judge before, we, before whom we must appear in the afterlife to give an account for our actions. Yeah, that might interfere a little bit with your present sinful lifestyle. You know, that's really what he's saying there. It's all about relativistic ethics. In terms of ethics, they affirm that moral values derive their source from human experience. Ethics is autonomous and situational, needing no theological or ideological sanction. Now, I was over in London, you know, and I rode a lot of those double-decker buses, and look at this picture. There's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy your life. You see? It's kind of interesting because I was over in London when the bombs went off there, and one of those buses got blown to smithereens. Now, I don't know if that billboard was on that bus, It makes me wonder, makes me wonder. Bottom line, Christianity and humanism are diametrically different from each other. In terms of source, Christianity is based on the Bible, whereas secular humanism is based upon humanist manifesto 1, 2, and 3. In terms of theology, Christianity teaches theism, the idea of a personal creator God, whereas secular humanism believes in atheism. In terms of philosophy, Christianity holds to supernaturalism, the idea that there's a supernatural God who can do miracles and intervene in a miraculous way in our lives, whereas secular humanism believes in naturalism, the idea that nature accounts for everything in our universe. In terms of ethics, Christianity believes in moral absolutes. In other words, ethics that are true for all people and in all ages, whereas in terms of secular humanism, they believe in moral relativism. You know, uh, humanistic ethics basically says you can have your ethics and I can have mine, What works for you is fine. What works for me is fine. We are a law unto ourselves, basically, in this system of thought. In terms of biology, Christianity teaches creationism, whereas in secular humanism, we find evolution. In Christianity, the modus operandi is faith and reason. Yes, we have faith in the Bible, but God gave us reason to read it. Come, let us reason, God says. Whereas in in secular humanism... They say that they are only interested in human rationalization. And by the way, is that true? Is it only human rationalization? I don't think so. In fact, I think that evolution and naturalism involves a whole lot more faith. That's why one of my good friends, Norman Geisler, wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. (laughs) So whether they want to admit it or not, they do have a faith system, and there's a lot more evidence that supports our viewpoint than their viewpoint. You see, our faith has evidence to support it. But as we'll see today, their faith does not. And then in terms of education, Christianity is value-based, 
whereas secular humanism is value less. Now, how can we respond to the humanist challenge? How can we respond to atheism? Well, Dave, I, I didn't tell you this, but my session's going to go four hours in order to cover all of this. <laughs> no, my wife, Carrie, said, Ron, get them out on time. So we're going to get out on time today, but let me share some highlights with you. First of all, I want to let you know that humanism is nothing new. It is nothing new. In fact, there are seeds of humanism even back in biblical times. Now, let me clarify. It is true that the religion of humanism with Humanist Manifesto 1, 2, and 3, that's fairly recent. But in terms of the seeds of humanism, it goes way back to biblical times. For example, in Genesis 3, verses 4 and 5, we read, You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, who said that? That's right. Satan through the serpent said that. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Where do you think humanism came from? (laughs) Satan. Let me tell you something, my friends. It is my belief that Satan is a master marketer. He is the one behind all of the false religions and cults, and his goal is to draw people away from the Christ of Scripture. Now, he's got different religions that appeal to different demographics in our society. For example, if you'd like to become a God ruling your own planet, he's got Mormonism for you. If you're one of those people who likes to declare your reality and by positive thinking you can call your world into being, well, maybe the new thought movement is for you. That's with the law of attraction. Uh, Or if you're uh, the type of person who would uh, like to do away with death and and disease and suffering and that kind of stuff, well, Christian science is your ticket. You see, Satan has come up with all kinds of counterfeits in order to draw different parts of our society away from Jesus Christ. Now, humanism is one of his masterpieces. You see, it's one of the ones that has broad mass appeal. And for that reason, we need to be aware of it as Christians. We continue, Genesis 11:4. Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves. You see, that's the humanistic tendency towards self-exaltation. This idea that we can become our own gods. Judges 21:25. every man did what was right in his own eyes. Moral relativism. You see, we see that even back in biblical times. Likewise, Isaiah 5, 20 and 21, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And you know, instead of black and white categories, everything merges into a gray zone. Again, that's moral relativism, this idea that there's nothing absolute that we need to pay attention to. And then, of course, there's the warning from the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2.8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Now, a second point I want to make you aware of is that Scripture actually prophesies end times humanism. Now, would you agree with me that we're living in the end times? I think that we are, and and one of the things that we're seeing is this rise in humanism. And I'm thinking of 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5. Realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Doesn't sound too good, does it? Doesn't sound too good at all. But I want you to notice lovers of self, 
lovers of money and lovers of pleasure. Uh, lovers of self is another way of describing humanism. Lovers of money is another way of describing materialism, which I might add is part of the humanistic worldview. Lovers of pleasure is another way of describing hedonism, also known as Hefnerism, and this is part of the humanistic worldview as well. Now, these are three of the most prominent philosophies of our day, and they are complementary. Now, here's the thing, my friends. When you compare this with the signs of the time that Jesus gave us in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25, can there be any doubt that we are living in the end times? I, I think that it's very clear that we are. And I believe that Scripture indicates that end-time Christians are going to be challenged in standing for Christ. So I, again, bring up my same old point like a broken record. Will you stand with me in standing strong for Jesus Christ as we continue to live in the end times? And number three, engage in self-examination. Why do I say this? Now, you're probably thinking that one of the first things I ought to do in responding to humanism is to launch right into humanism and, and, and to debunk it. Well, I'm going to do that. But you know, we need to begin with our own house. I say that because I believe that the Christian church and Christianity and individual Christians and Christian organizations have become tainted by humanism. They have. We've witnessed the enemy within the gate. And before we can become effective witnesses reaching the world, standing against humanism, we need to make sure we got our own act together. Does that make sense? Scripture says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Now, ideally, I would like to ask you about 100 questions to, uh, to help you engage in self-examination, but I don't have the time for that. So let me just ask you a few. And by the way, don't answer out loud any of these. And if you're married, please don't elbow your spouse if you know that they're guilty, all right? Am I willing to take an unpopular stand because it is right? Do I tend to look the other way when people use the Lord's name in vain? Do I talk about creationism freely, or am I intimidated into silence? Am I unreservedly committed to living as a biblical Christian when it comes to the issue of sex, or do I buy into moral relativism? Do I sometimes have a tendency to measure myself and my own goodness against other people instead of God's absolute righteous and holy standard? What a wonderful presentation by Dr. Ron Rhodes, the founder and director of a ministry called Reasoning from the Scriptures. What you have seen on this program is only about one half of Dr. Rhodes' outstanding presentation on the challenge of humanism to Christianity. He proceeded to go into great detail about how Christians can effectively counter the secular force of humanism. His entire presentation is contained in this video album called Christianity Under Attack. The album contains three DVDs that in turn contain all six of the presentations that were made at our 2011 Bible Conference. Each presentation runs approximately 50 minutes in length, so this album contains 300 minutes of fully illustrated presentations by six different speakers on the following topics. The challenge of Islam, the challenge of government, the challenge of apostasy, the challenge of evolution, the challenge of humanism, and the Promise of Victory. You can get the album for a gift of $25 or more plus the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen and ask for the album by name, Christianity Under Attack. 
Call Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. You can also request the album through our website at www.lamlion.com. This is a valuable album that will help equip you to be a defender of the faith. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you, and I'd like to invite you to be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.